uh, just for the record, still verified on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, Boom. There you go. Eat it, Elon. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. With a record of 14-5, and five, the Milwaukee Brewers are tied for the second-best record in all of baseball, and the key contributor in early season success isn't always just players. It's just getting back to having some fun. Guys are playing so well together and playing together and having a ton of fun. You can see it every time they put that cheese hat on or just interacting You know, when they're going up to the plate or uh, or on the field everywhere. It's just been a ton of fun to watch this team. Cheese hat, cheese hat, same thing. Brewers Senior VP. I love that hat. <laughs> I tell you, Brewers, them kids. It's a, it works. We'll take it. Brewers Senior VP and President of Baseball Operations, Matt Arnold, who joined us here on Wisconsin's Morning News on Thursday. The Brewers are dealing with some key injuries, though. Outfielder Garrett Mitchell is on the 10-day injured list with a shoulder issue, and all-star pitcher Brandon Woodruff is also on the 15-day injured list with a shoulder issue of his own. The Brewers' nine-game homestand tonight against the Boston Red Sox. Freddie Peralta is expected to get the start. You can tune into full coverage right here on WTMJ beginning at 6.35. Over to the NBA with the series tied at a game apiece. The Bucks and Heat travel to Miami for games three and four. Giannis will travel with the team, but it is still unclear if he will suit up and play on Saturday night. Coach Budenholzer knows the game plan for game two it needs to be replicated in order to win Game Three on the road with or without Giannis, we just want to go compete and play. Um, we got to do the same thing again um, going into Game Three. It's a competitive group. It's a high character group. Now we got to go on the road and have uh, have what we had tonight. Have an edge, play with force, compete. No matter who plays. That tip time for the Bucks and Heat on Saturday is set for six thirty. Other scores around the league, real quick from Thursday night. Philly takes care of Brooklyn 102-97 to go up three games to none in that series. The Suns defeated the Los Angeles Clippers to grab the 2-1 series and the Warriors without Draymond Green, who is serving a one-game suspension. They win at home 114-97. That series now sitting at 2-1 as well. Coming up, it is Tornado and Severe Weather Awareness Week. We're going to tell the tale, the harrowing tale, of a young guy who's out there storm chasing for real in Tornado Alley. And he's from right here in southeast Wisconsin. That story next. Movie Twister. They're supposed to be making a second one. I've is seen it, a trailer for the second one. Is it at the film festival this week? Or? <laughs> no, 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 this no. is like regular old summer blockbuster type stuff. You know, it's about storm chasers, scientists who basically get in the way of tornadoes on purpose to do research. And I want you to listen closely to what I'm about to play for you. This is that for real, and it's actually a local college student whose voice you're going to hear. Holy cow. Okay, I think we should maybe go. This is a very large tornado. It's east or northeast. This thing's accelerating. A little north of east. We gotta go. Yep, let's go. Yep, let's go. And the video is amazing. That's Greendale High School graduate Andrew Muir. He's a sophomore at Oklahoma University, where if you want to study meteorology, that is the place to be, right? And this being Tornado and Severe Weather Awareness Week, I wanted to share some thoughts from an interview with Andrew that I did recently on just severe weather in general, how much we've learned and how much we still have to learn. To me, if I'm understanding correctly, the next frontier is better understanding why, when the conditions are all right, do we sometimes have a tornado and why don't we? Yeah, that's actually like the number one question. And that's what a lot of the research campaigns are focusing on right now. Basically, as you just said, you can have this 
seemingly very favorable environment for tornadoes, but yet you will have some storms, perhaps within 20 or 30 miles of each other, where one will be producing perhaps a long-tracked significant tornado, but then the other one will fail to produce a tornado at all. And we don't understand why in nearly the same environment, two storms that appear relatively similar do completely different things in terms of tornado production. That's wild. Will we get there? I hope. It's uh, it's definitely a difficult question because it's really hard to obtain the observations that are necessary to answer these questions. And then sort of as I was saying earlier, when you simulate these things in a computer, the computer cannot accurately understand the atmosphere to the fullest extent. Yeah, so Andrew Muir there, Greendale High School graduate, sophomore at Oklahoma University studying meteorology. And what gets you that better research, that data, is actually these guys getting up close to the twisters getting video and then recording data with their highly sensitive instruments. So Andrew and guys like him, they storm chase down there in Tornado Alley. He's got some amazing stories, Mike. I can imagine. Did, have you ever done the, the ride-along? I totally the, would. Yeah. I have not. And you know, we're friends of his family as well, so I know his parents. So just texting back and forth with his mom the other day because we're right in the height of it now, and Oklahoma just got hit you know, with a... An, pretty big sizable tornado and he's out there doing this stuff you, and she's a mom and she's like it's great but not so much is it just tornadoes or, or is he a weather weather guy for Total I mean, yeah okay weather geek and doesn't want to be like tv meteorologist wants to be a researcher he hasn't ruled anything out but we'll hear a little bit more from andrew i'm going to share some of his stories of storm chasing coming up at 6 50 this morning and also you know want to let you know here what do real weather geeks actually think of that movie twister Mm-hmm. How about the movie Twister? Hey. Good, bad, everybody loves it. What what's the meteorological community like? Hey, I love it. I love it. And <laughs> and um it's a source of inspiration for a lot of people actually. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't necessarily mine, but uh it definitely helped fuel my passion, I will say. But a lot of people watch that movie and, and become interested in meteorology or go to meteorology school. But then you get smart and you're like, Oh yeah, this wouldn't happen and that wouldn't happen and that's not how that works, right? A little bit, yeah, yeah. but I think it's better to just brush over that and enjoy, enjoy the movie. it. Right? Yeah, yeah. So again, Andrew Muir, one of the smartest guys that I know in terms of this stuff. He was been into weather since he was a young kid. He said about four years old is when the weather bug first bit him. And again, since I know his family, you know, I knew he was super into weather. So years ago, I brought him in to the weather center at TMJ4. I'm like, you should, I'll bring you in. You can meet the guys. And Nisnansky was going to be in there, my guy. Yeah. And I told Brian, I'm like, this kid's really into weather, and you know, and. So he's a high school kid at this point, and I bring him in to see Niz, and you know Niz was kind to him, and whatever, they spent some time together, and afterwards, Niz comes out, and he's like, uh, hey, your guy there, he's talking like college-level meteorology stuff. <laughs> he was like super impressed. He's like, hire him now? Can we hire him today? No you know? kidding. <laughs> right, so really bright future. Andrew Muir, a Greendale High School graduate, and we'll have more from him at 10 minutes before 7. And if you want to see the video where I played that uh, little bit of audio, Along with it, this giant tornado where they are, text the word TWISTER to the Old National Bank talk and text line, 855-616-1620, Old National Bank, get old. Text the word TWISTER, and I'll have Greg Pancake Hill, producer of the program, text that right back out to you this morning. Very large tornado. This thing's accelerating. We got to go. Yep, let's go. Bucks head out to Miami this afternoon. Games three and four of their first round NBA playoff series with the Heat. And they want you to come out and send them off. 
will be arriving this afternoon at Milwaukee Mitchell International Airport. The Bucks pep team will be out there, and they want fans to cheer on the Bucks as they board their charter flight. Now, this will not be in the terminal where you usually go to fly out. This is Signature Air. It's an FBO. In aviation terms, that's Fixed Base Operator, Mike. Big time, big time aviation guy here this morning. Fancy name for a private aviation company that operates out of the airport. And they're located right off of Layton Avenue. So there's that little spot where you can park if you want to watch planes take off and land on the north-south runway. It's right next to that. And everyone will be set up on the sidewalk outside the perimeter. But there will be a big to-do. 2 o'clock this afternoon as the Bucks head out. Game 3, Saturday night, 6 p.m. broadcast time, 6.30 tip. Where can you hear that game, Mike? Uh, right here on WTMJ. On your home of the Bucks, WTMJ. There it is. One more thing to put on your weekend radar here this morning. Raise it. It's Biagotten season. Yavol. One of the largest in the Milwaukee County Park system, the Estabrook Biagaten on the east side, opens tonight. So you know what that means? I'll be there. <laughs> That's where I'm going after work. The good news of getting off early in this morning shift. It also means free beer. There it is. The ceremonial keg tapping is set for 6 p.m. They are promising free beer for one hour, which is cool because in years past they've done a free beer while this first keg lasts. Well, yeah. free beer in Milwaukee. 15 minutes later, it's gone. Hopefully you <laughs> enjoyed luck. that free one. So I did check around. Milwaukee and Waukesha County, other beer gardens don't appear to really be opening for the most part until next month. Traveling beer gardens in Milwaukee also touring in May. But Esterbrook tonight in Milwaukee. Wir werden Bier heute Abend trinken. Jawohl! Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. The NFL Draft is officially less than a week away. The Packers hold the keys to 10 picks for now, at least, including the number 15 overall. Will the Packers make some trades? Will Aaron Rodgers be dealt sooner rather than later? ESPN Draft analyst Mel Kuyper believes there could be some movement in Green Bay regardless of what happens with the four-time MVP. I think there's going to be some trades that are going to impact this because this is not a good draft. So, you know, with that, but there's a lot of good players, but it's not a good draft overall. So there's a lot of mixed opinions on players, which there always are, but this year more than ever. Um, and I think you'll see a lot of teams trying to get out, pick up some choices maybe next year uh, if they can, because next year's draft figures to be a lot better. The Packers offseason program began on Monday, and the draft begins on next Thursday. The Milwaukee Bucks and Miami Heat are knotted up at one game apiece after the Bucks throttled them on Wednesday night. Game three and four are moving to South Beach. Giannis will travel with the team, but it is unclear if he will play with that back contusion. Drew Holiday and the Bucks know, though, with or without the Greek freak, they'll be just fine. Again, our team has ultimate confidence in each other, and, and we know how Giannis is. We know Giannis is going to try to, like you said, make that Superman effort and come back and play 48 minutes and, and do what he does, but... Um, like I said, we can hold on the fort until he comes back. Game three is Saturday night with a tip time of 6.30. You can tune in right here on WTMJ, your home of the Milwaukee Bucks, beginning at 6. Over to baseball after finishing their 10-game, 10 10-day 10 road trip with a 7-3 and record. The Brewers got a well-deserved day off on Thursday, and tonight they're back at it, beginning a nine-game homestand starting with Boston. Milwaukee is tied for the second-best record in all of baseball and a big reason why, their bullpen's been pretty, pretty good. They've been great. Just a heck of a job. Um, a whole bunch of guys delivering big outs and tough innings and putting up zeros. 
um, and they've been wonderful. Wonderful indeed as the Brewers will look to extend their four-game win streak with Freddie Peralta scheduled to get the start tonight. That first pitch is set for 7-10. You can tune into full coverage right here on WTMJ, of course, home of your Milwaukee Brewers, beginning at 635. Coming up, we'll find out what Greg Hill, producer of Wisconsin's Morning News, is cooking up in the pancake breakfast special. It's about eight minutes before six o'clock. Friday feature here on Wisconsin's Morning News. You know our producer, Greg Hill. He got his nickname Pancake Cuz. He used to work at the Pancake House on the South Side. Every week we talk through a lot of ideas, and not all of them make it into the show. So we have Pancake throw together a little something with the leftovers. Here again is Greg Hill with the Pancake Breakfast Special. What about breakfast? We've already had it. We've had one, yes. What about second breakfast? Verification is dead. It's over. We are now in a landscape of unchecked mark profiles that look like a bunch of burner accounts telling us <laughs> who they are and what they're up to. Pour one out for our guy Vince Vitrano, everybody. Vince, are you doing okay? You've lost your check mark. I did notice that. It was it's been noted. Are you, are you still in the doing grieving okay? process? Yeah, yeah, you kind of dodged my question. Are you okay? It's the grieving process now. I am okay. Actually, <laughs> it matters to no one except my kids. <laughs> really? For real. And the rest of us users, by the way. So it is an adjustment for sure. And now that this era of Twitter lives on for now, lest we forget the eras of social media that we have gone through. Take a walk through social media memory lane with me. Remember Friendster? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) The first app to allow you to sign up with an email address. Circa 2002, Friendster was an offshoot of Napster. Who remembers Napster? I remember Napster. The free file-sharing app, of course. Which of you criminals actually use Napster? Come on. Here. Yeah, guilty. Goodness gracious. Napster, if you don't remember, had its defining moment in history. After launching in 1999, in June of 2001, it peaked just over 26 million users. Of course, it was ultra-sued by the likes of Metallica, (laughs) rapper and producer Dr. Dre, amongst thousands of other artists. Here's Metallica's drummer Lars Ulrich in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee in 2000. That five or six versions of our work in progress were already being played on some U.S. radio stations. We traced the source of this leak to a corporation called Napster. And it was shortly after that Napster filed for bankruptcy, sold its assets, and ceased to exist. Napster. And we were like, well, if they're f- with us, we'll f*** them. Indeed. So Napster <laughs> um, gave light to other social media network websites, but however, not everyone is doom and gloom. 2002, LinkedIn launching a professional social media network for hiring organizations and job seekers to put forth their best professional face. LinkedIn still in existence today with over 675 million users. I am going to have to fix you, manage you to on a more personal scale. A, a more micro form of management. Jim, what is that called? micro Boom. Yes. Exactly. Speaking <laughs> of putting on your best Boom. face, when I say best feast, I mean ill-advised, low-light, low-resolution profile pictures, profile bios typed out in lime green font, and the best part, a fluctuating list of who your top five friends were that caused fights up and down the hallways of every middle school <laughs> and high school. Of course, the wonderful world of MySpace. You guys on MySpace? or So remember MySpace? <laughs> it launched in 2003. Revolutionary advancements in this website allowing music to be 
be shared on your profile that would start playing when someone visited your page. It was your own theme song, so to speak. Plus, in 2006, it was the most website visited on the planet and the first ever social media website to give you a friend right off the top. Who remembers Tom? Tom from MySpace? Yeah, that white t-shirt friend caught in that candid pose looking over his left shoulder in front of a whiteboard with illegible notes on the board. In 2005, Tom sold MySpace for the tune of $580 million and officially retired from the company in 08 because that is when Facebook took over as the most popular social media site. Remember, after Tom sold his stake, another billionaire got into the social media game. Do you guys remember who bought MySpace when Tom sold it? Mm, no. Justin Timberlake? So that he bought it after this guy, who is a billionaire media mogul, Rupert Murdoch. That Rupert no Murdoch. Exactly. Did he not know that? Mice. I did not know that either. He uh, also opened up an advertisement deal for around $200 million with Google. But there were so many ads on MySpace that it slowed the website down and made it not usable <laughs> for people. So once that went south, the website lost again. And of course, as Mike alluded to, this guy bought MySpace. It's my in a box. Yeah, that's Justin Timberlake has <laughs> since bought MySpace for $35 million and definitely not the tune of $4 billion. But a decent chunk of change there. And with Facebook delivering a marketplace and other advancements since the whole Winklevoss twins debacle. I knew you did it. You planted that story about the chicken. I didn't plant the story about the chicken. What's he talking about? Yeah, now with TikTok and Instagram just laying down foundations of their journey through this social media landscape. So here we are. Through all of this, we are in a world without check marks. Now, lots of questions to ask. Like, what will happen to people clearly impersonating organizations? Watch out for Vince Vitrano burners, everybody. A lot of them. A lot, be a lot of them. They're out there. Of course, I have to ask, when will the price inevitably increase for verification? Fun fact, peek behind the curtain. As I was writing this last night, pay $8 was trending, which, of course, is the monthly fee to retain a blue check mark. Important thing to note about that. I will not pay was not a part of the pay $8 trending. So that's a little, that's a framing lesson for you. So thus begins another chapter in the Elon Musk Twitter saga. But if anything, like his other projects, such as the self-driving car or the largest rocket ship ever launched, sometimes getting off the launching pad is a win in itself. Well, if you're just joining us, Starship just experienced what we call a rapid unscheduled disassembly. <laughs> yeah, it blew up. Uh, just for the record, still verified on Instagram and Facebook. Yeah, Boom. There you go. Eat it, Elon. Five fifty-seven business headline. <laughs> that can't be how that segment just ended. <laughs> Eat it, Elon. <laughs>